Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. If you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes and chapter number 11. The Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes and chapter number 11. We're in our final couple messages now of walking through the book of Ecclesiastes. And in through the book of Ecclesiastes, we've been seeing that King Solomon is at the end of his life. And at the end of his life, he is taking an honest look at life and giving the conclusion that life without regard to God is just empty, empty. And in these last few chapters, he's making a practical application because of the things that he's observed, because of these things that he's learned, what is it that we are supposed to do in response? What is our response, our reaction? And so the last few chapters of Ecclesiastes are very important and they make the heart of the book because it's good to make observations, but what do we do with those observations? The book of Ecclesiastes in chapter number 11, and if you don't mind as we continue on, notice with me in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11, start with me in verse number seven. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse number seven. Truly the light is sweet and a pleasant thing for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity." Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity." And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, mark a phrase that we find in the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter number 11. Ecclesiastes chapter number 11, and notice with me in verse number 8, where it makes the reference to the days of darkness. The days of darkness. And with this, we want to explore how to deal with the days of darkness. How to deal with the days of darkness. Life is such a precious gift, and God wants us to enjoy life to the fullest. Notice in uh, verse number seven, truly the light is sweet. Our creator has designed our lives to be enjoyed. God wants us to enjoy the journey. And yet there are many people who don't enjoy the journey. Earlier in Ecclesiastes chapter two, Solomon made the reference, therefore I hated life. There's lots of people who don't like life. There's a lot of people who walk through the gloom and doom, who just get stuck in an area, get stuck in a situation, get stuck somewhere, and they don't move forward. All they see is the misery around them. There are some people who are looking for something to manufacture joy. They try to 
invest as we saw earlier in the Ecclesiastes that some people said, I'm going to find my happiness in a mate. Well, Solomon had a thousand ladies to choose from and that didn't make him any happier. He couldn't find one that would satisfy him. Therefore, I hated life was his conclusion. Some people said, well, I'm going to invest my life into a job and I'm going to let a job make me happy and find out that job doesn't bring all the satisfaction you thought it could. I'm going to invest my life into pleasure and find that all those things are empty. And, and we see that the most miserable people are the people that are trying everything they can to make themselves happy and finding that it's empty, empty empty. Well, God wants us to enjoy life. How do we enjoy that? By understanding that our joy comes from him, learning to be satisfied with him, learning to allow him to fill our needs, for him to fill our joys. We have to live the life that God designed us to live. We must see that God wants us to be grateful just to be alive. When's the last time you stopped and was grateful that you were still alive? You say, well, things are pretty bad. Things can be bad, but you still have breath. There's still hope. There's still something that could be done. We have so many, many frivolous things to blow us off course. We need to come to the simple thing, Lord, I'm glad to be alive. I'm thankful that you have plans. I'm thankful. We can learn how to enjoy life even in the midst of the days of darkness. If you don't mind, let's go forward and let's see. First thing that we understand here is that life will have its dark days. Life will have its dark days. Notice again in verse number seven. Truly the light is sweet and a pleasant thing for the eyes to behold the sun. Now, we should enjoy great days. We know that in Wisconsin, uh, when I moved here, an interesting phenomenon I've never seen before is that when springtime hits and it's finally warm enough, everybody comes outside. <laughs> Even teenagers. Instead of playing their video games, they're coming outside. It was an amazing phenomenon that I saw that people would just come out and enjoy, just be outside walking, do something. They wanted to be outside. Why? Because we miss the sun during the winter, very much so. And when the sun comes out and it's finally warm, we go out to enjoy it. That's what it's given here. It's a pleasant thing for the eyes to behold the sun, to finally go out. The, dr the, the dark days are gone, to be able to enjoy that. But we know that we can't just go through sunlight all the time. We can't just go through good times all the time. If we just went through good times, sunshine, we would be so prideful that we would be unworkable. <laughs> We'd be useless. Dark days help us. One of the reasons why we could rejoice in the dark days is because we need them. Things can't just go perfectly in our life all the time. We would never be dependent upon the Lord. We would never look at the Lord. We would be so content and so fat that we would never have any uh, spiritual muscles to flex. Life will have its dark days. Notice as we go on in verse number eight. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet... Let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. 
Notice there's going to be many dark days. For those of you who've lived any stretch of time, you've had many dark days. Days have come and days that you just wish that you could see the sun, whether it was literal sun or figurative sun. I'm just in a dark period of my life and I'm just trying to move forward. Those days are still there. God's trying to work something inside of those dark days. In fact, maybe if you wouldn't mind, look with me in a different passage that explains this more in the New Testament book of James. We're coming back to Ecclesiastes, but notice in book of James... The book of James in chapter number one. James chapter one. And notice with me, starting at verse number two, the book of James chapter one and verse two, my brethren count it all joy. There's that idea of joy again. When you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. God has a purpose for those dark days. God is doing a perfect work. He's doing a maturing work. He's doing a completing work during this time. We should look to God in those dark days, rejoice in our creator, and understand that let patience have her perfect work. We could still rejoice in the dark days. God's got a plan. God knows what he's doing. He's helping this to mature. I may not see what's happening, but I can trust him. And I'm going to let patience have her perfect work instead of scream and holler and make things even worse because I'm having a meltdown in my bad days. I can trust God. We can rejoice, even enjoy life, even in our dark days. You say, how? By looking to God, trusting him. Know that he's got a plan. As Christians, if we deal properly in our days of darkness, all of us will say that these days brought us nearer to Christ than anything else. It's not the dark days that defeat us. It's our unwillingness to respond properly that harms us. For me and my wife, we could both go back and say the days that we were the closest to the Lord is when Zeb was a baby having seizures in the hospital. And we were worried for his life, life-threatening seizures. God was so close to us during those times, in those days of darkness, as we were learning to respond properly. My brother, who you guys have been praying for, uh, has his daughter in the hospital, and he's starting to say the same thing, that these are dark days for him, but God is so real and so close to him at this time because we learn how to respond properly. You know, it's, it's unimaginable to a lost world that rejects God to say some of my closest times with the Lord was in my darkest days. It doesn't make sense. But when we trust God and look at God, we can trust. We can rejoice even in these dark days, knowing that life will have its dark days. But let patience have her perfect work. Turn back with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. And let's see some more. We could see that life will be brought into judgment. Life will be brought into judgment. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 9. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 9. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, 
And let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth and walk in the ways of thine heart and the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. We understand that all of our life, we're going to stand before God and give an account. Someone said like this, that life is like a buffet line. You can get whatever you want, but there's a cash register at the end. There's going to be an account for everything that you took, everything that you did. We're going to stand before God and give an account. The Bible gives reference to this in the book of Romans. If you don't mind, let's just look there really quick. The book of Romans chapter number 14. Romans in chapter number 14. All of us is going to give an account for our life. We should enjoy life. We should take advantage of the time that God's given to us. But we're going to have to give an account for all the things that we did. Whether we did it for the Lord, whether we did it for us. Now, we're going to have to answer for God, but remember that we have to answer to God. Some people think that it is God's given assignment to them for them to judge everything around them. Those are miserable people. Looking at and studying what everyone else is doing wrong. You could find lots of fault all around you. Miserable people looking around. Well, you're doing this wrong and you're not saying this right and you're not doing this and you should be doing this and this is not how you handle this. And they're miserable people. Remember, it's God that passes judgment on us. It's not our job to go evaluate everyone else. We have our own issues. Notice what the Bible says in Romans chapter 14. Verse number seven. For none of us live to himself and no man dieth to himself. Verse number seven is speaking about that none of us live in a bubble. As we're thinking about um, the life that we have, none of us live in a bubble. All of your actions will affect someone else around you. Whether it's your thought life or whether it's outward actions, all of your actions affect someone else. There's always a ripple effect. This is one of the things we need to evaluate when we're going to stand before God and get a ju- be judged is how well our actions affected others. Did we use our actions to point them to the Lord by our attitudes, by the, our walk, by our mannerisms? Or did we push people away from the Lord and responding to the Lord by our attitudes, our mannerisms, our, our nature, the things that we say? We're going to, everything that we do affects someone else around us. Sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot bit. Verse number eight. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Verse number eight is speaking about that everything we do is going to give an account. We have to understand that we should live in regard that all of my actions are going to be brought into account. I have to stand before him and give an account. Verse number nine. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He is going to be our judge. He's the one that's going to give an account. He's the one that we have to please. So verse number 10 brings the question. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 
Here it's talking about that. Why do you spend so much time judging others when it's not your business? They have to stand before their own master. God is our master. Again, we can look around and spend a lot of time judging everyone else and evaluating that what they're doing wrong and be miserable ourselves and miss what we're supposed to do. I always enjoy Brother Sumberdorf when he does a conference on the home. He always starts off by saying, mind your own business. Don't worry about what everybody else in your family is supposed to be doing. You make sure that you're doing what's right. We have enough things for us to do. We don't need to go add more work and try to evaluate whatever else is doing wrong. Take care of your own business. We're all going to stand before God and give an account. He's the one that we have to please the most. The people around us are not required to please us. Amen. If we could get that in our mind, we could get off a lot better. Let's give an example. All right, you're driving down the road. Someone cuts you off. Now you're mad. Why? Because <laughs> they affected you. And you're judging them pretty bad, right? Stupid people. Well, they're not required to please you. They've inconvenienced you. But can you let God deal with them? We'd be a lot happier if we could learn how to let God deal with people. Because he could do something um, more substantial than we ever could. Can you let God be God? It would give us a lot more peaceful life other than us worrying about how everyone else has affected us and how they messed with us, how they're in the way and let God be their judge. Let them, let God deal with them. Let me deal with myself and make sure that I'm as right with God as possible. Notice as it goes down verse 11, for as it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Again, God is going to be their judge. Verse number 12. So then let every one of us give account of himself to God. We need to concentrate more on us standing before the Lord with our attitudes, with our responses. We need to concentrate on us being right with God. And if we take care of ourselves we'll enjoy life a lot better rather than trying to see how we could fix everyone else. Everyone else has enough problems, but so do you. Take care of you. You be as right with God as possible and you'll enjoy the life that you have. Which brings us to one more thing that we find here in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 11. Ecclesiastes chapter number 11. We see that life must move forward. Life must move forward. Ecclesiastes chapter number 11, and notice with me in verse 10. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart. What's it speaking about here? Well, there's some people who park on sorrows. They had a sorrow, they had a tragedy, they had an incident in their life, and they don't move past it. They stay there. They camp there. They go back to it over and over and over. We all had dark days. We've all had tragedies. Some may have more intense tragedies, but at the same time, we can't allow ourselves to dwell there and live there for the rest of our life. As it goes on in verse number 10, therefore remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh. Again, the principle is that we move forward. Keep moving forward. Don't dwell in that. Don't let something have victory over you. There are some people who can't move forward because they have sin in their life that they won't get over. They refuse to get over it. They won't give it up. They will allow it to hold them back. 
Verse number 10 is a poetical phrase. For childhood and youth are vanity. What it's speaking about here in its context is there's some people who always want to live back in the old days. I want to live back in my childhood. I had it better when I was in high school. I had it better when I was a young person. And now they're concentrating on the past, how they used to have it in the past, and they won't move forward. Life moves on. And we, if we're going to enjoy life, we can't live in the past. Think about many people who are not enjoying life. And you talk to them and it's always, well, the good old days, the high school days, my childhood days, my younger days, when this was right, when this was here. And now they can't enjoy the life they have now because they're stuck back then. These are areas in our life that hold us back. When we're looking back at sorrows, when we're letting sin weigh us down, when we look back, when we think and imagine greater days. Have you ever realized how much we romanticize the past? And it may not have been as great as we thought it once was. I'll give an example, and we think we could relate to this. Now, I grew up in a trailer park in uh, Dallas, Texas. And when I was a kid, I imagined that, you know, I had all this backyard to play with. I mean, it always seemed big when I had to cut the lawn, uh, you know, and I remember out there taking my GI Joes and everything I could and playing a big battlefield, playing by myself because I couldn't get my brother to play with me. And I'd set him up there and, you know, you do the boy thing of setting up the big battles and whatnot. And had a great time. I remember when I was in the military, I happened to be driving through Dallas and I said, you know what, I'm going to go visit the, um, the place where I lived at. And I just want to go see where I was at. And so as I drove by, I went to the trailer park and went, what in the world? The trailers were so close together that you could almost touch the one next to you. And I thought it was like a big old backyard. It was like a little strip. I mean, it seemed big when I was cutting it. You know, we, we, we romanticize it quite a bit that, you know, oh, I remember in the past and how great it was and how this was. And when you were going through it, it may not have been that great. Man, if I could just go back to my high school years. Oh, yeah, I remember when you were complaining about math. How you complained about the teachers that hated you and how you could never get past this. We romanticize a lot about the past. And what that tends to do is keep us from enjoying the present because we wish we were back then. Back in the simpler times. But back in those simpler times, we were having issues too. Amen. You had to deal with pressures. They were different pressures, but you dealt with the stuff. We need to enjoy the life that we have now. Let things move forward. Keep letting life move forward. Don't get stuck. The idea is that God wants us to enjoy life. And as Solomon is looking back, he's a miserable man. He's looking back and saying, you know what? I'm not enjoying life. He said, therefore, I hated life. Now, as he's making an honest evaluation, he says, how can someone enjoy life? Now, again, he's looking at the idea of practical people, practical things, looking and saying, well, life is going to have its dark days. We can't always live in good sunshine, happy things, clowns, unicorns, rainbows. We can't live like that. We have to realize that dark days are happening and God has those dark days in our life for purpose, not to harm us. He's trying to help us. Life is going to be brought into judgment. I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to give an account. 
I'm going to stand before him. I might as well enjoy the life that we have and stop judging everyone else. Stop being so miserable because I'm finding what everyone else is doing wrong. That's a full-time miserable job to go find everybody else's mistakes. And then he says, let life move forward. Don't let those things that hold us back keep us there. Things like (coughs) sorrow, not moving past sorrows, just living there, reliving that sorrow and that trauma over and over and over. There's help for that. Not getting to the place where we're (coughs) having flesh keeping us held down and weighing us down and holding us back. And not just letting life move forward and letting us grow up, but living in the past. We'll never enjoy life as long as these things hold sway with us. The question is, is are you enjoying the journey? Do you enjoy life? Do you wake up in the morning and once you get the sleepies out of your eye and maybe some of you have to do coffee first, but you finally get to the place where I've got a day. This is great. There's potential in this day. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. That's what God wants us to live in looking for the potential of this day, enjoying the journey. What does God have for me today? What adventure does he have for me today? What miracle am I going to see today? What am I going to see him do today? That's enjoying the journey is looking up to him. Every day is a possibility. God's going to do something great. Every day is a possibility that you're going to grow and move forward to the Lord. Every day is a possibility of seeing answers to prayer. Every day there is hope that God is working with the people around you. Every day is a day that you get to enjoy. Wouldn't it be horrible to waste those times? When it's all said and done, we don't have a lot of days to waste. To let day after day go off being miserable and say, well, I had two days I was happy. Well, is that a wonderful life? Not at all. We can enjoy the journey. If there's something that's keeping you from enjoying the journey, fix it. I understand some of these things are not just turn on a switch, but you could get help. If there's a trauma in your life, we'd be glad to help you. If there's an attitude that you have that you always want to judge people, well, guess what? There's help for that. If there's an idea that I have a hard time looking at today, I keep looking at the past, we can help. And there's people to help and there's ways to help. But we want you to enjoy the journey. Enjoy day by day by day. Now, many of you have a testimony where you could say, years ago, I didn't enjoy the journey. I was miserable every day. Many of you have the testimony now that says, I enjoyed day by day. I'm a different person now. Life is a lot brighter. Well, what's changed? Well, the bills didn't go away. Work didn't go away. The people didn't go away. In fact, more people came. What's different? We learn how to enjoy the journey. We enjoy, learn how to look towards God and trust Him even in the dark days. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time 
to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920-530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.